Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count, with Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. You are listening to Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt. I'm the pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and I'm joined, as always, uh, by my friend Carl Truman, who is professor at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania. Carl, good to see you. Now, Carl, um, earlier as we were talking, of course, I can see you via the wonderful technology that we have in front of us. You are um, you are wearing. A, a shirt that brings a tear to my eye. Um, I am a native of Texas, um, though I live in Virginia. I love Virginia. It's a wonderful, yeah. it's a wonderful suburb of Texas. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's a place. You know, uh, there 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 will always be a piece of my heart in uh, in the Lone Star State, and and I have to say, the 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 dual realities. One of you recently becoming a U.S. citizen, and secondly, you wearing a shirt that has an enormous Texas flag um, across the back um, brings a tear of joy hey. to my eyes. I, I'm 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 filled with with frivolity and happiness. There's a story behind the shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I was uh, giving some lectures at a church in Houston. Uh, on the self and of course touching on lgbtq issues and american airways kindly uh, lost my luggage uh-huh. and so the only thing i had to wear that morning to give the lecture would you believe was yesterday's shirt and my rainbow sweater that i love <laughs> that has no political connotations whatsoever i just uh-huh. love my rainbow sweater mm, bless but your you heart. can imagine i'm standing at the front wearing this rainbow sweater there were mm. all kinds of jokes being made right so somebody took pity on me and at lunchtime I was presented with a couple of shirts that he'd gone out and bought, one of which has the Texas flag on mm-hmm. the back. So in the afternoon, I got up on stage wearing my rainbow sweater. I declared, oh, I'm a bit warm. I turned around, took my sweater off, revealed the Texas flag. <laughs> the whole place went crazy. Of course they did. The stars at night are big and bright. It reminded me of that impromptu Willie Nelson concert I happened to be present at in Billy Bob's <laughs> in Fort Worth many, many years ago when Willie and the boys turned up out of nowhere, played a set, wow. halfway through the set, they dropped the Texas flag in front of the American flag, and the place went berserk. <laughs> and just to prove I'm a genuine American, that night yeah. I was wearing a Stetson plaid shirt, bolo tie, jeans, and cowboy boots. Nice. I was not nice. wearing my spurs, but I was wearing the boots. Well, I'm gonna i I'm gonna send out I'm gonna send out a plea to anyone. <laughs> In the United States, that may have a a photograph from that evening uh, with Carl dressed up in that garb, because we need that. That needs to be emblazoned on T-shirts and coffee mugs, etc. So uh, that would be a great deal of fun to have. Well, speaking of fun, we have a returning guest, a good friend, uh, Rosaria Butterfield. We want to talk to Rosaria about anything that pops into our mind, but also. Um, Rosaria, you have um, a new book that's going to be coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you would uh, just uh, give us a quick preview of this new book. First of all, welcome. Thanks for coming back on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. 
and tell us just a little bit about the new book. Yeah, yeah. Well, the new book is called The Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age, and mm-hmm. it's coming out of Crossway. And um, the uh, the impetus behind the book is uh, just a, a growing concern that a number of women have shared with me over the you know the last couple of very tumultuous years, where the impact of Obergefell and Bostock the two Supreme Court cases that have codified LGBTQ as not only the law of the land, but I would mm-hmm. say the nation's reigning idol. Yeah. And what has happened um, in the midst of all of this, of course, is that the church, the visible church is divided and it's left people with a basic a basic question, a basic cultural apologetics question, a ba- basic faith and reason question. If Christ is not divided, why are we? And so, um, so I set out to answer that question, and I set out to answer that question in the spirit of the Reformation, right? Which is a two-pronged uh, focus, uh, foci: one on um, destroying the idols, tearing down the idols, and the other proclaiming the Word of God faithfully. And uh, so, uh, in the book, I answer that question: If Christ is not divided, why are we? By identifying three reasons that have produced five lies that the broad evangelical church has adopted wholesale and that the reformed church toys with all the time. And that I believed at some point in my life, I certainly believed it fully, these lies fully when I was an unbeliever, but many of them also bled into my, um, my approach to evangelism, my approach Mm. to my neighbors and my approach to dodging my own sin. So the three reasons that we're in the place we're in. Yeah, please. Simply yeah. this, that the first is that we have failed to see that the seeds of the gospel are in the garden. Um, we have we have just d- denied that the that the creation ordinance found in Genesis 127 has any bearing on evangelism. And you see that because all kinds of people talk about things. They just the whole the whole totem of the of the of the gay Christian or even the gay person mm-hmm. is, I think, proof of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is that we don't seem to know what time we're living in. We just don't know what time it is. Um, yeah. you know, and most of us are not quite ready for memory care, but we have just failed to read the times. We've we've failed to see that the the three exchanges of Romans one have taken root in both civil and federal law and that we're no longer debating matters of terminology. When we talk about something like the use of uh, transgender pronouns, we're talking about tyranny and ideology. The third reason is that, you know, we're really sloppy with our categories and we have confused becoming friends with the enemy with loving the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so those are the three reasons. Mm-hmm. And then the five lies that these have produced are the first is, and you know, it's funny because a couple of people have uh, challenged me about my, the order. And I, I don't know, I, this is, I, I, I put them in this order, but we can, mm-hmm. we can debate it. The first is that homosexuality is normal, that it is a normal sexual variant. And therefore, um, part of God's creational design. And that's just right out of some of the heretics that are speaking into this, that are getting nice reviews at Gospel Coalition right. and speaking at conferences. And I can name names because I love naming names. <laughs> um, the second lie is that being a spiritual person is kinder 
than being a biblical Christian. Mm. And, you know, this is work that Peter Jones and Josh Gilo and Mary Weller over at uh, Truth Exchange have been doing for 20 years. So I'm not trying to steal their thunder. I just borrow a lot from them. It's the lie that says you can be non-binary when the Christian faith is indeed binary. Mm. Um, the third lie is that feminism is good for the church and the world. And in this lie, pretty much camps everybody I know these days, maybe not you guys, but you know what I mean. And, sure. it's, and, and, and they carve it out differently. Like, well, you know, we really needed first wave feminism, but everything after that is bad. And, and, and I'm saying, no, no, you didn't need feminism to establish citizenship issues. Actually, the, the gospel is quite, quite, you know, functional with that and biblical law and other things. But but uh, what the what feminism has done in the church is it has functionally taken aim at biblical patriarchy. That means it takes aim at, at basically men and babies. Mm. And it's fascinating to me right now, there is really no feminism in the world. It has been completely taken over by transgenderism. Mm -hmm. The only place that feminism is alive and kicking and that people are really excited about it is the evangelical church. <laughs> Which is proof, I think, that evangelicalism is not—it's not—it's not opposing culture. It's almost like we're all running a marathon, and they're about you know ten miles behind the, the you know the, the leaders. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth lie is that transgenderism is normal, and and this lie really works downstream. It's so interesting to me because, of course, feminism produced its own death. Um, uh, by discuss by you know believing that sex and gender were separate categories, and you know we would agree that to introduce gender as a separate category of personhood, separate from a biological category of sex, um, is simply unnatural to the creation ordinance. And if it's unnatural to the creation ordinance, it's dangerous for the purposes for which God made us. But um, but feminism creating the seeds of its own demise um, launched the, you know, rallying cry for transgenderism. And so this idea that transgenderism is normal when indeed transgenderism is satanic. Mm. It is the sin of envy. It is the violation of the 10th commandment. Um you know, it is it is it is um, deeply embedded right now in your federal uh, government school yeah. through anti-bullying legislation. Um, my husband and I have started. My husband's a, a pastor in the RPCNA, and he and I have started testifying before our uh, North Carolina state legislature on behalf of um, bills and laws, uh, trying to defend, uh, basically trying to defend uh, children against being castrated in the name of the 14th Amendment, mm -hmm. you know, but work that one out before a cup of coffee. Um, yeah. But, you know, and so, and it is a little scary because while Kent and I have always been very forthright, obviously, you know, it's a little different to do this stuff in your own zip code. Sure. But when mm -hmm. I tell you that this stuff is satanic, I am not kidding you. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it is quite serious. And then the, the fifth lie is that modesty is an outdated burden that serves male dominance and holds uh, holds women back. And instead of modesty, we should, you know, punt for uh, exhibitionism, especially, I say, on social media. So um, those are five lies that the evangelical church has bought wholesale. But 
I'm in no place to be too terribly arrogant or feel too puffed up about these because I spent, um, you know, at least half of my life, I'm 61 now, so I don't know how we're going to do the math, but I, you know, and I, I spent a good bit of my life defending and promoting and establishing these lies um, in, in culture and even in law. And then even as a Christian, I, I failed to do what I was called to do. You know, a Christian is not to tolerate sin. A, a, a Christian is not to be a soft presence in the face of, of danger and dangerous ideas. Um, and that's what I did for, for much of my Christian life as well. So a good bit of this book, at least the early part, is, um, is, is my own repentance. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I say that because I think Aiken is in the camp. Uh, you know, we're living under judgment. This is not, it's not that, you know, right. Kent always says this in his sermons. It's not that judgment is coming, you know, welcome, you know, it's right here. Um, and, and, and part of it is that many of us, when we make a mistake and, you know, and we're, you know, embarrassed by it, we're, we've written books that, you know, it's in a book that sold a hundred thousand copies, you know, oops, mm -hmm. that's a little embarrassing. Um, you know, the temptation is just to want to course correct and say, well, I've learned my lesson. Um, but I, you know, I feel I'm pretty convicted that if it's a sin, we need to, we need to publicly repent. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's part of what the introduction does too. Mm -hmm. So that is, I don't know that that was a nutshell guys. That was no, that's, my version of a that's nutshell. Great. Yeah, no, that's helpful. And, and one of the thoughts that, that occurs to me is, and you, and you alluded to this is that, uh, you know, the, so, the, so the culture will take, you know, 10 giant steps in the wrong direction. And instead of really resisting what I've noticed in contemporary, quote, Bible-believing evangelicalism, including otherwise, quote, conservative reform denominations, Presbyterian denominations, is that instead of a, a, a real confrontation against those things, there's enough of accommodation where, where we won't take the same, we won't take the same 10 giant steps in the wrong direction, but we'll maybe take three steps. So that things that 10 years ago we said, well, yeah, we need to avoid that. That's wrong. We Now all of a sudden has become acceptable because in light of where the culture is, we're still to the right of it, but we're not where we were. It's like the Overton window yeah, you know, yeah, uh, has shifted absolutely. for us. And we see this in, in places like Christianity Today, yep. which is advocating things it never would have advocated 10, 15, 20 years ago. Or think right. about the days of when Carl Henry was right. writing for for christianity today right and and that i think christianity today and some of the voices at the gospel coalition unfortunately are 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 sort of a barometer for for an unfortunate direction in otherwise quote bible believing evangelicalism right yeah yeah and i mean just you know everybody knows this so it's not exactly a deep dark secret but my session won't let me write for gospel coalition mm. uh, my session won't won't let me participate in whatever's going on at Christianity Today, yeah. whether they want to interview me on the new book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And part of it, you know, that might sound really just, you know, harsh, but um, there's almost no way to participate in the gospel of pluralism without being set up to be part of a foil in it. Right. And so, like, I'm I'm fairly confident at this point, people know that my claws are out and, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident that no editor is going to want to edit the gospel out of something I've written, but what they'll do likely at, you know, what these parachurch ministries do all the time is they'll just set your, you know, maybe strong article up against a very weak one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the 
after the equal sign, you just get the gospel of pluralism, which of course yep. David French has um, mm. decided he's going to sell his soul to. Right. And, you know, it's, 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 a, so I, I guess it's, you know, for me, it's very important that Christians are know where they're standing right now. Mm. Um, there is no third way anymore. You know, I used to love right. the third way. I wrote a book. I mean, I would say Openness Unhindered very much operates in that posture. Mm. Um, I loved, I loved the idea, and, and I loved the idea of um, of being a soft presence, of being yes. a gentle, a gentle uh, participants in someone's coming to Christ. But yes. unfortunately, uh, the, currently with where we are, um, with, um, let's say the Biden administration's department of justice leveling mm. the 14th amendment against, um, laws to protect minors from castration. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, the recent, it, I mean, you know, I can go on and on about, uh, and, and, you know, What's recent right now will not even be recent by the time we finish this right. interview because of how crazy mm. this is. But what I'm saying is in a situation like this, to say something, you know, to, to promote something like, oh, it's totally fine to put your kids in government schools. You just need to be a soft presence, mm. um, which is, you know, Jen Wilkin on the good faith debate, which was yeah. neither good nor faithful uh, at the Gospel Coalition. And, you know, that fails to read the Times. Yeah. Um, and what it what it dangerously does is is suggests to already weak Christians that you can be a soft presence in Sodom and somehow it's going to work out better than it did for Lot. Yeah. And so that's crazy. Yeah. And so I think that when we, we need to speak into this world, this book seeks to help moms and grandmas, because those are the people that contact me at my website. And they say things like, if I hear something like transgenderism and homosexuality is not God's best for you, I'm going to throw a brick at the head of the next person who says it. Yeah. Because yeah. my three-year-old grandson is being raised as a girl by my non-binary daughter in a state where her rights are protected and I can't call it child abuse. Yes. And for Christians to not stand forcefully in defense of that child and that woman is sin. And so to have somebody like Preston Sprinkle um, say, you know, how do I know if the fall, which he puts in scare quotes, which is his own, you know, hmm, I wonder what that means, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, produced transgenderism. I wasn't in the garden, Uh, you know, for for, uh, anyone who calls himself a Christian, to not defend that grandmother and defend that three-year-old boy is uh, a, a terrible sin. But these are all people who are part of, and this is where we three and and maybe our audience needs to take seriously what it means to be Presbyterian. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that's where you worship is going to have a great deal of effect on how functional you are at war. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it was very interesting that Pride Month kicked off with uh, an editorial at Christianity Today criticizing the Uganda uh, anti-gay laws that have recently yeah. been passed. Now, there's a debate to be had there. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not an advocate for 
persecution, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But on the other hand, as you pointed out, Rosaria, you know, it's not exactly the most pressing issue for the American audience. What's happening in Uganda? And unfortunately, Russell Moore, who wrote that article, actually mischaracterized the law. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think that's unfortunate. I think yeah. you know. I think when you are used to getting away with with uh, with being Aiken in the camp. I think that's what you're going to have there. Yeah, yeah. that was a terrible mischaracterization mm -hmm. of that law. And um, since we are in the business of castrating, you know, 14 year olds, I wonder yeah. on what grounds we should criticize it anyway. But between yeah. that and the, yeah, yeah, no. My, my news feed actually has just thrown up something from Reuters, uh, Biden to host thousands at White House Pride Party. And apparently the party will also involve uh, uh, the announcement of new measures to help schools and LGBTQ kids navigate book bans, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, I, I'm no fan of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. but the men who made their money and their reputations from Trump bashing when Trump was actually in power, mm -hmm. they need to speak. Yes. To use their trendy terminology, they need to speak some truth to power now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is not coming after your kids. Right. He's not coming after you. Maybe he will do it at some point in the future. Who knows? He's exactly. not coming after your kids now. Right. right. There is a man, there is a man in the White House who is now who is doing that. Right. It would be great to have a really strong Christianity today editorial i think exposing that mm. and pointing christians at, and maybe offering christians possible strategies to to combat some of the yes evil and wicked policy and vice that's coming out of the current white house right but it can't happen because their revenue base depends upon it yeah exactly you cannot be a parachurch ministry or a um yeah i mean you are a mega church yeah Mm -hmm. You can if if you have made winsomeness the goal, because that third way is that wide middle road that you're going to set up your tents. There is no way, short of actually being a courageous Christian, uh, and you know, and and I think this really comes down to it for for all of us. And Kent said this in a sermon a few weeks ago. He preached he preached on transgenderism for the first time. I've been mm. you know. This, my husband's been my pastor for over 20 years, and I, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Well, he's a good Presbyterian, you know. Exactly, right, yeah. exactly. And that's where you feel like you, you know, you worry about the visitors. But, oh, well, it's a little bit like coming to the first Reformed Presbyterian Church of Durham on a day when we're doing, you know, a church discipline announcement. Right. Right. But, you know, he just said, oh, you're afraid of getting fired? Great, go get fired. Yeah. I don't even want to – that is not an argument. Mm -hmm. That is not an argument that a Christian has. Yeah. Uh, that we are not here to protect our reputations. We are here to advance the cause of Christ. Many of us will lose not only our reputations, but our lives in the process. That's the real gospel. Right. And so I think that when you have a situation where you have, um, you know, First John tells us to test the spirits. When some of these false spirits come under the name Jesus and are promoted by uh, parachurch ministries like a Christianity Today and Gospel Coalition, real Christians need to say something. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the fact that you frame these issues in terms of calling it what, what it is, which is, you know, and Carl and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. Um, 
transgenderism is demonic. Uh, yeah. First of all, it begins with that demonic lie that you can be what you want to be, that you can overturn the will of the creator, um, that the way that what you desire uh, can take precedence over the creator and you define reality. And it goes all the way back. It, it's it's the ancient demonic lie, but it has with it now this, this uh, additional evil aspect with the mutilation of healthy bodies, even our, our, our children. And, and that's why children who aren't old enough to get tattoos, by the way, exactly. in any of the 50 states, in exactly. any of the 50 states, yep. they, well, can, know, they can be that, mutilated. That would make a permanent change to their body. And we don't know if the ink is good for them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and so this is, you know, we can't not say that this has a very clear demonic dimension. And so therefore, you know, there was a time when, when seeking that third way was helpful, good, and laudatory. But as you said earlier, Rosaria, that's not what time it is now. No, the very that's nature, not what time it is now. I think no. the very nature of what it means to be a human being is at stake now. Yes. Absolutely. And as we were we were talking to Mary Harrington earlier on, Todd, it's, mm -hmm. it's very clear. It's not just Christians who get that. Right. Any right. thoughtful human being who reflects on what's going on right. knows what's happening. And, and Mary Harrington is speaking out on these issues more courageously than our Christians. Right. Yes. She's given public lectures, uh, uh, public anti-abortion lectures, and even anti-contraception lectures that have got her into a lot of trouble. But she understands mm -hmm. that this – we're not debating – the tax code here. We're not even debating mixed economy versus pure free market. We're actually debating what does it mean to be a human being at Absolutely. this point? And if Christians don't have clarity on that, what a total disaster. What a well, total disaster. What's interesting, I think you've seen um, you've seen other uh, unbelievers also advocating more forcefully for reality than believers. And I would yeah. say one of the reasons is that they don't have a false totem Jesus uh, confusing what it means to be made in the image of God. Yeah. yeah. So, so our, our unbelievers have a clearer sense of reality than what we're seeing right now. Well, they're waking up in Sweden before <laughs> the United States are. They're waking up in Sweden and Norway. I mean, what... Yeah. Some of the reason for that, of course, is Islamic immigration. I mean, what's interesting is that the Muslims I know are very clear, you know, and I'm happy to stand shoulder to shoulder with them on this issue. Mm -hmm. They're very clear on this issue. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the left play that, because at the moment, you know, my Muslim friends tell us we enjoy protection from the left because we're kind of a minority, Islamophobia, et cetera, et cetera. But they've, they've also said to me, but the time is coming where we know that's going to run out. Because bottom line is, we're not going to take this LGBT right. stuff but, indefinitely. Yeah. But I don't think Christians can just leave it there. So, I, and I hear this no, a no. lot. I hear this yeah. from some conservative think tanks. You yeah. know, this is all about reality. Let's just go there. No, yeah. because what we are seeing, especially with detransitioners, is that we are seeing people whose bodies are completely devastated. And, um, and the same mental health issue that led them to mutilate their bodies didn't go away because they did, and they've changed their yeah. understanding yeah. of that. Yeah. And right. so the church needs to be ready to receive with open arms um, people who have been really, who have lost everything on the ground of this new gender ideology. 
Uh, And in fact, I would say those people, once they are in faith, have such a clear grasp of the gospel because they understand that in the new Jerusalem, they will be the man they were meant to be and the woman they were meant to be. And that nothing can mock God, even the, um, you know, even when the world, the flesh and the devil uh, get uh, Christian parachurch uh, ministries to join them in this vile sin. But this is where we just say, not on my watch. I might just be a cranky homeschooling Christian grandma, but I know a fool when I see one. Yeah. And that's, I think, a beautiful place to end. Um, what you made an appeal for there, Rosaria, is not only for a firm stand on the truth, but a firm stand on on God's grace. Not only an acknowledgement of the importance of what it means to be a human being, but the importance of what it means to be an individual human person as well and i think that one of the dangers of 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 times of cultural tension polarization of course is that we can dehumanize those with whom we disagree and it's very important that that we all repent of that uh, pray that the lord will protect us from that and and deal with the 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 broken and damaged people who cross our paths in in ways that that our lord himself would have done well Thanks very much for Sarah for being on the program today. We eagerly look forward to the publication of your next book, Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. And to anyone listening, if you would like to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, you will have a chance to enter there to win a copy of Rosaria's new book. Uh, if you don't uh, win a copy, then please uh, buy one anyway. It comes, I think, with a foreword from our friend Kevin DeYoung uh, and will no doubt be an extremely helpful resource uh, for those of us facing questions that seem to become more complicated and come at us even more fast day by day. All that remains for me now is to thank our guest, Rosario Butterfield, for being with us once again, and to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. When you're at our website, please, if uh, if you feel led, uh, do make a donation so that the Alliance can continue doing uh, the work that it does. Uh, and all that remains otherwise is to say thank you very much for being with us, and we look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. For more on topics like this, visit mortificationofspin.org, where you can find other articles by Carl and Todd, browse the archive of past episodes, and make a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Mortification of Spin.